Welcome to Grass Talk Radio. This show is for people who play bluegrass music and anybody who might want to. The prison guard shut the iron door behind me. Good morning, y'all. And uh, here we sit. I'm sitting here and you're sitting wherever you are. And things uh, just get stranger by the day. I was reading an article, I think it was yesterday, about Doyle Lawson and his his new band and basically talking about what it's like to have an entire bluegrass season lined up with probably one of the greatest bluegrass bands in the world and have the literally the rug pulled well not literally figuratively the rug pulled out from under you um, your fans your uh, the people that count on you, like your family and your the band members, and it, I mean, I read this. It was on uh, Bluegrass Today. Just a little short interview. I mean, clearly uh, Doyle Lawson was not uh, belly aching, but he was just you know explaining his perspective, and you know. It was hard not to get real sad thinking about that. And he is representative of millions of people that we'll never know, we'll never know their name, we'll never know who they are. You know, it could be, you know, like a guy who just got hired, let's say in February, and he'd been looking for a job for a year, and he just got hired. And then it all got shut down. You just, I mean, the stories that are going to come out of all this are going to be amazing. Uh, but I don't want to. I don't want to make this show about that. Well, I mean, actually, I do, but I'm not going to because um, me and you and everyone else is entitled to form their own conclusions. So I'll just leave it at that. But it, it, it hurts me, as, as my buddy uh, Patrick would say, oh, hurts me right here, and he you know, point to his heart. Hurts me right here, Brad. And, and this, what I'm talking about, it hurts. There, there are so many ways that this is hurting that has nothing to do with the virus and and get me mark me the i'm not saying the virus isn't something and it's not a real thing and that there aren't people harmed by viruses etc etc i'm not saying that i'm saying that the reaction to it is Let's put it this way. The medicine may be worse than the disease. And I feel for anybody who is suffering, even if it's simply suffering because you haven't talked to any of your friends in a while. Or like my one contact with with a human being outside of my family uh, yesterday, one person. I I went through the Hardee's drive-thru and, uh, you know, the... Jackson and I pulled up and got a couple of sausage, egg, and cheese biscuits and got one to take back to Mama. <clears throat> Just got to get out of the house going, you know, stir-crazy, cabin fever. So we go down to get a biscuit. We go through the drive through I'm not even sure if the dining room is open. Anyway, of course, the person at the, at the window is wearing a mask, so... You know, you can't even, you're only getting half of a person's expression um, when people wear these, you know, rags around their face. Anyway, I'm getting extremely frustrated. It's, it's sort of like what I said in Mandolin Masterclass. If you've read that, I had a little, a little fictitious story where the professor is talking to the class and uh, he's explaining, you know, like how to write a poem. And the student is like, well, I, I don't know what to write, I, you know. And, and the uh, professor 
<clears throat> is saying, look, I've taught you all these words. I've read poetry to you, et cetera, et cetera. He's, he's kind of like griping at the student. And the student says, but yeah, but what do I write? And the professor says, I don't know. That's up to you. And that's kind of how I feel about this, this thing. And I, wait a minute. I, I wasn't going to talk about all this. Let's get to something else. Something, something that does cheer me up. Oh, and by the way, before I get into this little podcast, and it's going to be a little one today. I'm sitting outside. It's simply too hot in that tack room to set up. And it's simply too early in the morning to try to do this inside the house before Jackson and Darlene are even up yet. And so I'm just sitting out here in the barn. I am sitting at, at the ex exact spot where the band would be set up to perform to the audience when I have my little mini bluegrass festival out here. So you're getting the full, um, the full expression of nature out here. You remember my crazy nature episode? This morning, you are definitely hearing birds, and you will hear Carl. He's, he's been crowing for an hour. It's about 6.45 in the morning out here. The sun has not quite peaked over the trees yet. And when it does, I'm pulling the plug on this episode because it'll get way too hot out here. But I'm just sitting out here because this is the coolest place I can think of right now that doesn't have an air conditioner running. Um... And I wanted to confirm um, to, uh, oh, there was an episode back a couple of, a uh, couple of episodes ago where I read an email and the uh, person that wrote in said, what, did I hear quail in the background? Uh, talking about the nature episode, I thought I heard some quail and I just, I forgot to uh, confirm that, yes, you probably did hear quail. We've got a few bobwhite quail around here. I haven't heard any this morning. Uh, but if you listen in the background of today's episode, you will hear crows. You will hear mockingbirds and every other kind of little tweety bird. You may hear some geese go over. The cattle egrets have migrated in and... Uh, they're, they're funny little birds. I think I've talked about them before. I don't have any wild turkey around here. I mean, they're, they're around the area, just like wild hogs are around the area and bobcats are around the area. But here on my place, I've never seen a turkey. Saw a lot of turkey vultures, and they always seem to be circling right over me, looking down at me, like, hurry up, we're hungry. <laughs> I wrote a poem one time. I don't know if I ever told this poem, my cowboy poem. I think, you know what, I'll save that for another episode. I wrote a cowboy poem. <clears throat> I probably told it. You know, you know what the problem is with this podcast is it's now become hopeless for me to remember what I have said and what I haven't. And I think that's okay. It's like if your old man gives you the same piece of advice over and over and over, maybe you ought to listen to him. And uh, so if I inadvertently tell the same story or something, I'll, I will apologize in advance. But see, I, I'm sitting here thinking, well, I wonder if I ever told him that goofy poem. And I don't think I did, but maybe I did. Well, I'd have to go back and listen to 150 hours of me blabbing in order to determine that. So I don't know. It's getting harder and harder. I want to begin this podcast 10 minutes in or <laughs> ever how far we're in uh, by throwing out a gigantic thank you to the patrons of the Grass Talk radio show. That little boost, it, it can be very small or it, in some cases it's, it's actually pretty big. I mean, um, that little boost is helping tremendously. And so I just want to run down the, the names. I'm going to use the first name, except there's a couple of times 
where somebody's got a name that's obviously like a nickname or something. And in those cases, I will give the entire name. I just want to personally, right now, read off the names of Patrick, Papa's Mustache. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. I'm sure Papa's Mustache, that's probably not on his birth certificate. I'm just guessing. Uh, so we got Patrick, Papa's Mustache. Now remember, each name that you hear is somebody out there listening to this thing, got some earbuds in or their Bluetooth speaker. They're listening right now too, going, come on, Brad, get to the point. Give me the secret to how to play like Earl or I want to sound just like whatever. Uh, maybe they're doing that or maybe they're just bored, you know, and they're like, I feel sorry for Brad. Maybe maybe if I give him five bucks, maybe, you know, it could be that. I mean, I'm sure everybody has their own motivations. Um, and I have my motivations for creating this. Uh, at this time, it's primarily uh, self-therapy to just speak. You know what I mean? You know, didn't have a long conversation with the gal at the uh, Hardee's yesterday. Anyway, let's get back to the list of the glorious patrons. And I'll just go ahead and say, if you would like to join this tribe of supporters who chip in a little dough each month, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Bradley Laird and sign right up. And there's some freebies on there for you when you do that. Um, just go over there and take a look. So we got Patrick, Papa's Mustache, Brian, Jason, Jim M, Doug Bissell. I'm going to say Doug Bissell because I read his email a couple of episodes ago and said his name. I may just blast out everybody's full names at some point because I figure if you typed it in, you probably don't mind. But I did say early on that I would not unless you said specifically. So we got Dan K. Thanks, Dan. Mike. Mike W, we'll just say, because there may be another Mike or two on here. Paul. Paul emails me once in a while, and Paul, thank you. Fred. Only got one Fred. My grandfather's name was Fred. I like the name Fred. And when I played in Cedar Hill for 27 years... A large portion of that time, our bass player's name was Fred. I love the name Fred. Why don't people name their kid Fred anymore? What's wrong with people? Oh, well. We got Lee. Lee L. Thank you, Lee. Mark. Just plain old Mark. We got Tom C. Tom C. And a lot of these people have been on here for a good long while. And I wish they were sorted like by time or something. Charlie, Frank, DJ. You've heard these names before because I've read them and they're still supporting the show. Craig, Mike S, Ben. That's Ben Warner. I read, I think I read his email. Talked about him before. John, John. There's a lot of Johns in the world. This is John L. John, thanks. Gina. There's only one Gina who's a patron, patron of the show. Thank you, Gina. Tom K. We had Tom C. and Tom K. And I always say good old Pat Span. I feel for Pat Span. You know, Pat, he's the guy that has the little pizza place here in town and is struggling with 44 pages of instructions and rules and requirements and, you know, had to close and go to drive through And it just ain't no fun to have a beer joint pizza place that is only operating as drive-thru. And, of course, the jam sessions, both the Tuesday night regular bunch and the Thursday jam that I would be running right now is all canceled. And I feel my heart goes out to Pat's man. Pat, hang in there. Hang in there and be sure to call me as soon as we're, you know, going to pick. And, of course, Lori. Lori was the first patron. That's the list. It's not huge, um, but it's special. It's 24 people. 
And, you know, $10 is $10, as the old joke goes. I probably didn't tell that joke. Okay, thank you, patrons. And thank you for anybody who also has supported the show by going over to bradleylaird.com and purchasing any of my instructional materials. That, too, puts bacon in the fridge around this place. It also buys inner tubes for, for lawnmowers, etc. All right, now let me find my little notes here, and then I'll get on with the, not, not the main point. I just have a, a listen to them crows. When Jackson was little, when he was about four, we'd come out here and them crows would be doing that right there. Listen to them. I'd say, look up at them crows, Jackson. You know, they're talking. They're talking to each other. Just listen to them. He'd stand here and listen. And they are talking. They're also quite annoying right now. Okay, here's item one. The checkout process for all of my downloadable products that are on my store, on my website, etc. And I have, you know... Life throws you curveballs every now and then, and generally they come at exactly the wrong time. You know, like just when you think everything's going great, boom. Thank you, Carl. Just when things are going great, a meteor strikes. Or, you, you know what I mean? So things are cruising along good. And I think everybody knows this now that, you know, as soon as this. Thank you again, Carl. <sighs> To be interrupted in the middle of a thought by a rooster. I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, back to the website. The products that I sell. It's how I make my living. And I've poured a tremendous amount of time, energy, and thought into these products. I'm not meaning this as a sales pitch, but I rely on me to create the the stuff. I wrote it. I filmed it. In most cases, I edited it. I created the tracks. Everything you see there is, is me. 99% of it. Now, I'm not saying I thought of everything that I teach because, you know, I didn't think up the pentatonic scale. I discovered it and figured out ways to use it. You know, I'm not claiming total knowledge here, but the products there are my creation. I can, I can be proud of that. I am proud of that. But I rely on outside vendors to do certain tech, technology tasks. For example, I have no idea how money goes from like your bank card through the credit card system and somehow ends up at my account where I can put that card in the machine and, you know, take out 60 bucks and go to the feed store. I'm not sure how much of any of that works. So I rely on an outside vendor. And ever since I began selling my online instructional materials, and I'm sure quite a few of you have purchased something, maybe just Jam Session Survival. Or maybe you got a mandolin book, or you got some videos, Clawhammer videos, or banjo instruction course, or the dulcimer course, or the upright bass course. I don't know what, you know, but there's a good chance that if you're listening here, you've purchased something there. And from day one, I have used PayPal as the payment system. And as you would go through the process, and there's the buy now button, and you've read all about it, and you hit the buy now button, up would pop a little window, and it would say, would you like to pay with your PayPal balance, or would you like to use a credit card, credit debit card? And you just made your choice, and you proceeded on, and then you got a confirmation and a download link, and you were off on your merry way, and everything worked beautifully. But... Not that long ago, PayPal changed something about the way they do it. And I didn't even know it for a little while, because I don't typically 
like on a daily basis, go to my own store and attempt to buy something. Or I just, you know, kind of assume it's working. I see a little sale come through, and two days later, somebody bought the, you know, complete banjo learning system. And, you know, that afternoon, somebody bought Jam Tracks Volume 2 or something. You know, I just get the email saying, this has happened. And I'm always looking at that because occasionally I get an email from somebody saying, I'm trying to, you know, get your whatever, and it's not working, and I'm on the lookout for those because I want to help them. Well, I started getting emails from people. This is going back six months. Saying, your website says I have to open a PayPal account. I don't have a PayPal account, and I don't want a PayPal account. Uh, what do I do? And I was like, what? Well, you just select the credit card option. You can use your credit card, debit card, you know, Visa, MasterCard, whatever. And it's always been there. But apparently, it's not there anymore. That option is not shown. It's actually, and this is a little confusing, and it was confusing to me as I had to sort this thing out. Desperately trying to sort this out because uh, seeing frustrated people and sales go down for a reason that I didn't fully understand the tech the technological reasons behind you know in the past it simply gave you the choice you want to pay with PayPal you want to pay with a credit card debit card that was it simple but what they did is they changed they would pop up a window at first that said uh, log into your PayPal account and there was nothing about paying with a credit card. So it implied that if you don't have a PayPal account, which a lot of people don't, if you don't have a PayPal account, goodbye. Like, that's your only choice. I didn't know this for a while. And after, oh, I don't know how many hours on the phone trying to talk to a human being at PayPal and also at PayHip who manages the store ports it's all very confusing and i'd rather be playing the banjo i hope you understand it's not that i don't know a little about this i do after these many many years of doing this stuff i'm not don't think i'm a complete idiot here i've spent a lot of time but there's a lot of things i don't know and i don't control it once that once you hit that buy now button that's somebody else's computer system website. And if they suddenly tomorrow decide, well, let's, uh, let's change the wording of the button from buy now to proceed to PayPal, which they did. Proceed to PayPal? Well, instantly anybody without a PayPal account just puts on the brakes. One little wording change. If they just said proceed to checkout, you know, people would go ahead and click the button. But when they say proceed to PayPal, and you got somebody who doesn't have PayPal, they're like, eh, forget this. And I'm like, gee, thanks, PayHip. Gee, thanks, PayPal. I appreciate that. Anyway, bottom line of this is that at first, PayPal was selectively like testing this new thing. I think basically PayPal was just getting, trying to get people to sign up for a PayPal account. So before you got carried over to, you know, the page where you could just put in your card info, they would intervene and say, sign into PayPal. And that was, you know, just turning people away. Much to my dismay. And I got one um, again about a week ago. A lady said, I've tried to buy beginning mandolin one. That's a video lesson. I've tried two times and it wants me to sign up for a PayPal account. And I don't have a PayPal account. I don't want a PayPal account. Is there, what can I do? And all this. And so partly the reason, partly the reason why I didn't have a podcast last week is I spent the week trying to sort this out. And I have now change the checkout function in other words i've you now have the good old credit card debit card option is back i had to set up a new 
credit card processing service. Sign up with them, get approved. This has taken a great deal of effort. And now, maybe you're listening and you've had that same experience. I suspect most people that have that experience of like, what, i got to get a PayPal account? Probably don't write me the email. It's probably one out of 100 who takes the time to write me an email and say, hey, what's the deal here? Most people are probably silent and just go away and go, eh, I don't want to fool PayPal. So if that's you, go back, take a look, because I think I've fixed it. I still have PayPal. That is still an option. So the, when the little window pops up to make a purchase, you will see pay with PayPal, click, or pay with card. It's, it's working. And some transactions have come through the new processor system, and I see that it is working. So I feel a whole lot better that I think I've now solved this. So I'm just saying that to you, that if you've, if you've had that problem and didn't inquire with me or write me an email and, and ask about it, everything ought to be good on the checkout process now. And just to finish, finish up that kind of, uh, this thing about checkout, um, let me mention, if you go to payhip.com slash Bradley Laird, that's the direct link into my store. Now you don't get all my wonderful goofy descriptions and you don't, you don't get all my, uh, like testimonials from people who have bought this video and all, all that stuff's over on my website. So if you're digging around on the website and let's say you're looking at, you know, some banjo stuff, you're going to see my page describing the product and somewhere on that page will be a, you know, buy now button. That's what transports you over to my pay hip store. But if you want to go over there and just poke around and look and play with it, you can, you can just go to pay hip dot com slash Bradley Laird and go in there. There's some category buttons at the top and poke around and you can add something to the cart and see that window I'm talking about. And then of course you can delete it from the cart if you want to, or you can buy something or whatever. But I, I want to just tell you, I've spent a great deal of time over the last week revising that pay, pay purchase transaction system with a whole new provider. So hopefully things will work smoother and I won't get those emails about, I, I don't have a, a PayPal account anymore. Okay, so the other reason, and I really, my introduction when I started talking about how here we are, here we sit again, that is probably 90% of the reason why I just skipped a week on the podcast. Now I got the cat hollering. There he goes. You know what? The cat just walked behind me. Meow, meow, let's do. Got a mouse. He's got a mouse. There's something about a cat when he catches a mouse. He's very proud of it. And he has to announce it to the world, like, look what I have done. Almost like deer hunters when they sling that buck across the hood of their Jeep and drive through town, you know. <laughs> it's the, probably the same principle at work. Anyway, now I got the cat, I got the crows, I got the rooster. I'll be merciful and make this short. But the, obviously the first reason is sometimes I just sort of have a lack of interest. It's like, how do I, how do I get excited about bluegrass right now, you know? And as good as playing along with tracks and records is, I'd rather play with my friends. Speaking of which, in the last episode, I said, I'm so happy I'm having a picking tonight. Let me just give you a quick report on that. I had the little picking. And I told everybody that I invited, if you feel like coming, come. If you feel safe coming, come. We're going to be sitting outside. I got plenty of acreage here. You can sit as far away as you want to. You can wear a deep sea diving suit if you feel so inclined. You could sit in your car 
and just crack the window and sit inside your car and pick. I was basically saying, do whatever you want to. If you want to sit around just like it was way back in 2019, then do that. Because me personally, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. You want to come up and shake my hand? I'll shake your hand. I, I, I'm not worried at all. Because I've been saying ever since this thing started, something's going to kill me, but it ain't going to be this. And that's all I say. So anyway, had my little picking session. I didn't know if anybody would come. And then I got an RSVP. I'm coming. Great. So me and one other guy. <laughs> and I was thinking, well, I may put the tracks on, you know. I'll play bass. He can play banjo. We'll put some tracks on and we'll just jam to the new Volume 2 Jam Tracks collection. That was sort of my plan B. Well, in a few minutes, here comes another guy. In a few minutes, another guy. Another guy, another guy, another guy. Jackson and another kid are out there lighting sparklers and running around in the yard with some, you know, some 4th of July sparklers. And I look around, I had nine people, nine pickers. No fiddle player, once again. Didn't have fiddle. And everybody just did whatever they wanted to do. We, we picked. It was wonderful. The music was Eh, I'd give it a B. It wasn't the greatest jam session I ever had, but it was the greatest jam session I've had in 2020. And everybody responded after that, saying, when are we going to do it again? When are we going to do it again? When are we going to do it again? And I haven't decided that yet. But anyway, it was fun. I wish you were here. I really do. But, of course, only if you felt comfortable flying from Arizona to into Atlanta and driving two hours down to Americas and, you know, sitting out here in the heat. Okay, another thing uh, that has slowed me down on the podcast, let me turn on my little iPod where I made a little note. Hay making. You know the old saying, you got to make hay while the sun shines. Well, around here, we've had a lot of rain throughout the, a very rainy, a lot of showers, you know, every couple of days or every day or every afternoon, all through May and June and early July. Very good. And boy, does it make the grass grow and makes the garden grow and the trees aren't dying of pine beetles and, and drought. I mean, just, this has been a beautiful spring. What an odd juxtaposition of one of the most beautiful, in terms of weather, spring and early summers I've ever seen here or perhaps anywhere. And to be contrasted with the, you know, the dark cloud. Anyway, hay making. So I've got this hay field in the front. Well, I see the neighbor next door with his, you know, cattle ranch over there. You'll probably hear some cows hollering in the background here, too. And they're making hay. I can tell they're getting ready to set up because they're dragging equipment in, you know. Hay balers, rakes, tractors, tetters, just, you know, gear, trailers, and all this stuff is starting to show up in the hay field next to me. And I know that he's getting ready because the grass is, is looking good. But you can't make the hay until the rain quits, and you need a window of time because when you mow that hay, it needs to dry out because if you put it up wet, it's going to get moldy, and it might even heat up and catch on fire and burn your barn down. I mean, if you just baled green hay, that's very bad. You don't bale green hay. You've got to turn the grass into hay. By drying in the sun, it's sun-dried grass. And, of course, if you're making hay the old-fashioned way with a rake, you will mow it, perhaps with a scythe or a sickle bar mower or something like that. You cut the grass, and it's green, and you rake it up in little windrows, and then you will turn it or use your tedder fork and 
mess with it, trying to expose it to the air and to the sun. And you better not have rain while this process is going on. Thus the old saying, got to make hay while the sun shines. Because if you cut hay on Monday and it rains all night on Monday night, and then it rains again on Tuesday afternoon, you've wasted your hay crop. Because it's just going to be a soggy, rotten mess, and you're not going to get good hay, and you're going to lose a lot of nutrients out of the grass. So when I see them pulling up over here and setting up their gear and everything, I'm thinking, we're going to have a little dry spell. They're, they're getting ready for that three, four-day window where we've got a very low chance of afternoon thunder showers. So I called him up. I said, hey, since you're going to cut that, why don't you go ahead and cut and bale my hay field same time and just, you know, we'll do it on shares. So just, you know, leave me half of it. And it's right. All you got to do is come around to come through the gate and, you know, while you're doing yours, he's like, yeah, that'd be, that'd be fine. I'd love to do it. And, uh, do you want round bales or square bales? I said, square bales. I can't move a round bale. I don't have a, a bale fork and a, you know, along the three point hitch and all that. I can't move round bales, but I do need hay for the donkeys for winter. So that occupied, uh, well, a good bit of one day, one full day. Cause he mowed it and then it sat there curing in the sun. Then he come around the next day ran the rake through it and it's funny if I raked that field by hand it would take me two days with that tractor and that big old giant rake with I think it's got eight wheels on it might be ten uh you know rakes in about 10 minutes 15 minutes because it's about a three acre field anyway they mowed they raked and then they're out there bailing away and I see my neighbor out there pulling that little square baler around and bloop a bale comes out the back and he's just moving along there and bloop another one falls out the back and it was hot that day this was oh gosh i forget what day of the week it was last week and i know you're if you're not into hay baling stories you know you can always fast forward or or go listen to joe rogan or something you know. anyway let me finish my hay story so at the end of the, about two in the afternoon, I get a call from the guy. I've been in and out of the house watching him and stuff. He's like, you know, they're forecasting, could be a chance of showers tonight. You better get that hay in. I said, well, have you gotten out of the field what you're going to take? He said, yeah, yeah. In fact, we rolled up two round bales out of there and all those square bales out there, you, you can just take that. And this was about triple the amount of hay that I was expecting, or, or at least double. And frankly, more than I needed. Because those donkeys can't eat that many bales of hay, not in one winter. So I got a little extra. I got a little bonus, you might say. And so right out here in the barn where the picking session was held, Big old open area underneath an overhanging roof. That's also the stage area for the festival. Well, let me tell you, right now, I couldn't put on a festival. And I can't have a jam session in this area because it is stacked to the ceiling with square bales of hay that I moved all by myself. I didn't have, I didn't have any strapping young 16-year-olds to go out there and you know, uh, help me pick up all these hay bales and throw them on a trailer and haul them up here. I did it all by myself. And I'm going to relate this to bluegrass picking. If you've ever handled a lot of hay, you know, number one, you're going to be really, really hot and you're going to sweat a lot, which I think is great. Kind of gets all the poison out of your system and you know, but you better have some water and you probably ought to eat some salt and stuff while you do it. So I'm hauling, I've got a very small little trailer and I, I'm just, you know, hauling like six bales at a time. Going and driving out there, pulling up, as, try to get it amongst the hay. 
throw six bales on there, bring them up to the barn, stack them up. Repeatedly, over and over and over and over and over. My wife's looking out the window to make sure I hadn't keeled over dead out there. Man, I must have sweated two gallons. And I had me a gallon jug of water with me. And it was all gone when I was finished. And when that, when that hay was in the barn, felt really good. Especially when you know that a bale of hay cost eight bucks at Tractor Supply at their overpriced hay price. You know, if you bought them off a farmer, you might pay four or five in, you know, in small quantities. Could be more, I don't know. But when I've been buying onesie twosie down at Tractor Supply or, over, or at Farmer's Feed and Seed, usually about $7.50, $8 for a bale. And when I looked at all that hay stacked up and did a little mental calculation, I thought, well, that was worth it. What a deal. Anyway, so we're set for hay for the winter. But now to tell you the bluegrass connection here, aside from it has taken over the jamming area, I would have some good seating if, you know, if I had my little festival, I could put them hay bales out there for people to sit on. Um, but the, the next day, man, I'm feeling like I've really done something here. Website sales are down because that payment thing's all messed up and hadn't sold nothing in a few days. But look at all that hay I got. And that evening, the, the next day, I get my base out. And I'm, I'm working on these new tracks, the Volume 3 tracks of these uh, jam tracks, practice tracks that I'm making. And I have six. I told you I was, I'm doing Volume 3. And then if you got a song or a particular key or whatever you would like to see in that volume three set, please send me an email. I got one email and that song is in there. So I got you covered. Uh, but I've, I've done six out of the 10 songs and they will be at seven tempos. That's 70 tracks. That'll be volume three. And I'm going to get off that idea for a while. Uh, but anyway, so I've got, I had these six tracks done and I got to listen to them all the way through every single track and you know they range from three and a half to five minutes based upon the tempo and i gotta listen to the whole flipping thing of every track every tempo it is a killer practice session to start at 70 beats a minute and play the whole thing and then here comes 80 beats a minute play the whole thing i don't care what instrument you're playing if you did that if you put on those tracks and played all the way through as far as you can go. Maybe you're not to the point where you can play 130 beats a minute yet. Well, just stop at 110 and go back to 70 again. Great practice session. So I got to listen to all these. Plus, I'm kind of in the mood to pick a little bit and keep my bass chops up. I get my bass out. Upright bass. Put on song one, track one, 70 beats a minute. Start playing along with it. And I go to playing. I can't hardly play that bass. My hands are so sore from lifting them hay bales by them strings. And I was wearing gloves. But the pump, you know, those, there'll be two twines around the bale. And I would reach in and grab one with my left hand and one with my right hand. And I'm holding both strings in each hand. So I've got a hay bale in each hand and throwing them up, carrying them and throwing them up. The palms of my hands were so sore from grabbing those hay bale strings that I couldn't play that bass. In fact, I didn't play for a couple of days. It was starting to feel pretty good now again. Anyway, just a little caution for you hay-toting bluegrass pickers. Don't overdo it. It's far better to get that 16-year-old kid that lives next door to let him haul that hay. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting too old for this stuff. Okay, enough about hay, ma uh, hay baling. There go these crows. I have a fig tree out here, this gigantic fig tree that is just covered in figs, and they are ripe right now. I made some fig preserves just a couple of days ago. I've been making pickles. I, I picked a whole bunch of these figs, but these crows, they love those figs. And they're coming in, snagging them. Anyway, I got more than I can use. 
Darlene picked about a gallon of them yesterday and just took them to her boss. She's smart. <laughs> left them on her porch and then texted her on Facebook or something. I left you some figs on your porch. She's smart. But I've been giving away a lot of stuff. Pumpkins. Pumpkins are planted. My corn is now about chest high out there. You know, I replaced the potato patch with sweet corn. And in amongst the sweet corn, I've planted pumpkins. Growing just tremendously great. Getting a lot of tomatoes. I'm pretty much done with the pickles. I got so many pickles. I've just, I'm letting the bugs have the rest of them. I just can't make more pickles. This is ridiculous. I've certainly have several years worth of pickles so if things get rolling again and we have a little picking session it'll be a free jar of pickles for everybody who comes <laughs> anyway so bluegrass tip of the day don't carry around a lot of hay bales if you want your hands to be in good shape for uh, the near future anyway uh, and last call for any special requests for a particular song or even just a chord progression for this Bluegrass Jam Tracks Volume 3, which I anticipate finishing in the coming week. Because I've already got six done, and, and they are listened to and approved by me. So i got four to go. Um, so if you got a special request, look at the, uh, the title list of... You know, the, volume, the original one, Volume 1, Volume 2. Look at them, and if there's something you'd like on there, tell me. I'll make it, and it'll be there for you. Uh, I guess that's it. I've rambled on here enough. Not a lot of bluegrass content. Sorry about that, folks. I had this idea. I was going to talk about um, good right-hand exercises. Um, I think I'll just save that for next time. It's, it's surprisingly distracting to sit out here and be talking. And by the way, the sun is now up. Yep, it's peeking through the tops of those trees over there. And in about five minutes, I'm going to want to move. So I'm going to skip my talk about uh, how to come up with some great right-hand exercises. Because the right hand, if you're a right-handed player, is the key to almost all of, well, let's just say it's vitally important to playing good music. If you got a funky right hand, that's where the rhythm is. Whether you're bowing a fiddle, playing a bass, playing a dobro, the timing is really embedded in the action of the right hand. And timing is more important than your note choice in every case, in my opinion. I'll take a wrong note played in time any day over a correct note played out of time. So it's always good to be doing, thinking about your right hand and trying to improve your right hand. That is not to say you should neglect your left hand. There are left hand exercises and techniques you can do to improve your dexterity of the left hand. I, you know, I think I'll just make a whole episode out of that because I've, I've yacked here long enough um, for today. I'll come back and do that episode. So y'all, um, have a great week. I plan to be back next week for another one. You know, as they say, unless the creek right, you know, like you just never know. I was talking about you, everything's just going along good. Tomorrow, my well pump could go out. I don't know. I mean, something could stand in the way of the next episode, but I don't foresee anything. So I'm planning to do kind of get back on that regular weekly schedule or four per month. Anyway, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, Get out there and pick, if, even if it's just, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. But I'm sure you will agree with me that the reason you got into bluegrass was to play music with other people. And I know personally it's no fun at all to sit around and play by yourself. 
and you may not even feel like playing by yourself. So at some point, you're going to have to do it. Just remember that there's physical health, there's mental health, psychological health, health. These things are important too. Perhaps more important. So chew on that a while. Y'all have a good week. Talk to you in the next episode. Ah, to heck with it. I decided I might as well tell the cowboy love poem. I may have told it before, and if I did, my apologies. But, hey, maybe you like it, and maybe you want to hear it again. Now, I will pre-warn anyone listening that this is a, a ridiculous poem written in the cowboy style, and I could deliver it in a very proper voice. For example, I shall give you the first several lines. My shirt is torn and tattered. My canteen has sprung a leak. I haven't had a crumb to eat in better than a week. But that just wouldn't be right, because it wouldn't be the cowboy voice. So, I'll give you what I call the cowboy wedding poem, or a.k.a. the cowboy love poem. In a true cowboy style. Delivered to you not by a cowboy, but by a guy who lives next door to a cowboy who has 120 head of black Angus cows who keep me up at all hours of the night. So I figured I'll deliver to you in the proper cowboy voice. I give you the cowboy love poem. My shirt is torn and tattered. My canteen sprung a leak. I ain't had a crumb to eat in better than a week. My horse, he's looking awful bad. So thin his saddle slips. His ribs is like a washboard, a scowl across his lips. Day by day we trudge along, the cowpoke and his beast. Them buzzards always circling, awaiting for their feast. The sand it's burning in my eyes. My skin is parched and red. If it weren't for gnawing cactus rind, I figure I'd be dead. But all in all, I can't complain. It's really not a bad life. Because at least I don't take no orders from some pesky, nagging wife. <laughs>